0: Good morning. Appreciate your patience with me. I've been battling. I think I've talked to most everybody, just some in my stomach. Uh, And so I'd appreciate your prayers some more. I feel better today than I felt in a while, if that tells you anything. (laughs) Uh, And I won't spare you the details of uh, what I've had to do, but it's not been fun. Uh, But we're going to keep going um, and walk through Peter, So we're going to be in First Peter chapter 2. Uh, we're going to start in verse 13. Uh, so let me pray and we will dive right in. Father, we're grateful for your word. We're grateful that your word is enough. Uh, that when we don't have music, when we don't have um, energy, when we don't have... Uh, just all of the things that we so often think we have to have, we understand that your word is enough and that Jesus is enough. So I pray this morning, God, as we walk through this passage of scripture that is challenging, not because it's it's complicated, it's just difficult to obey. That you would soften our hearts, that you would grow us in you, that you would encourage us when we need encouragement, and that you would convict us when we need conviction. And it's in your name, we pray. Amen. So this is First Peter. Thanks Dale for preaching for me last week. Um, we've been in First Peter for a while, but just to kind of refresh you, it was written by the Apostle Peter. He's probably in Rome and probably uh, close to imprisonment, but maybe not there all the way. He's writing to this group of exiles, these elect exiles, the dispersion, which are in Asia Minor. Um, and these people are about to be persecuted uh, they're they're facing a little bit of social persecution now, but as the time creeps by, they're going to end up being persecuted more and more and more, and they're being persecuted by a very rough and a very mean government um, they're coming it's It's the Romans who are going to come after them, and Nero is the emperor and this is important for us when we get to this passage today to understand Nero because what Peter inspired by the Holy Spirit, is going to tell these persecuted Christians, as they're sitting under a ruler who's very likely going to kill them, is you need to submit to him. This ruler who's making these anti-Christian laws, this, one of the things Nero would do was he would take Christians and he would tie them on uh, posts, and then he would light them on fire for his tea parties to be lights. That's the very same governor. That's the civil authorities that here Peter is going to say, you should be obeying him. You should be submitting to him. It makes our government sound a little bit easier to submit to. So let's read verse 13. Submit to every human authority because of the Lord, whether the emperor as the supreme authority or the governor as those who sent out to punish those who do what is evil and to praise those who do what is good. So this idea of submitting is not a fun idea. Nobody really likes the idea of of submitting to somebody else. However, it's a very biblical idea. And what we're going to see is over the next three weeks as we walk through 1 Peter, it's Peter telling these persecuted Christians, hey, there's these different groups that you have to just submit to. Now, this doesn't mean you're a doormat. It doesn't mean you just get walked all over and taken advantage of. What it means is you willingly obey to the best of your ability for the glory of the Lord. If you remember verse eleven and twelve, I want to read those. Yeah, Peter says, "Dear friends, I urge you as strangers and exiles to abstain from the sinful desires that wage war against your soul. Conduct yourselves honorably among the Gentiles, so that when you slant, when they slander you as evildoers, they will not observe your good work. Uh, they will observe your good works, and they will glorify God on the day that He visits." When I preached that passage a few weeks ago, we said that's why suffering happens for a large degree. It's so a lost and dying world can see how we respond when things don't go our way. And so if we're not doing evil works, if we're doing good works, and we're being slandered and we're being called names and all of the bad things are happening to us, yet we still glorify God, this speaks to something more than just this world. And so, one of the tangible ways that this comes across is we submit to our governing authorities, whether we like it or we don't. And so, there's times when this is easier done than other times, and there are times when this is harder done than other times. And I like that First Peter uh, that Peter gives us kind of one of the roles of the government. Right, think about this. The government is established by God for our good. Uh, Romans 13, uh, chapter 1. I thought I had it marked, sorry. Paul says this about the government. Sorry, that was 1 Corinthians, and it was talking about tongues and not the government, and it threw me off. There we go. This is Romans 13, chapter 1. Let everyone submit to the governing authorities, since there is no authority except from God. And the authorities that exist are instituted by God. So then, the one who resists authority is opposing God's command, and those who oppose it will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror to, uh, to good conduct, but to bad. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good, and you will have approval, for it, as God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, because it does carry the sword for no reason. It does not carry the sword for no reason, for it is God's servant and avenger that brings wrath on those who do wrong. Therefore you must submit, not only because of the wrath, but also because of your conscience. For at this very reason you pay taxes, since the authorities are God's servants." Continually attending these texts, pay your obligations to everyone, taxes to those you owe taxes, tolls to those you owe tolls, respect to those you owe respect, and honor to those you owe honor. It's Paul saying the same thing that Peter's saying here, is that we are to submit to our ruling authority. So God has instituted governments, whether we like them or not, for our good. There's a lot of things the government do. Paul mentions that they carry the sword. That God has given governments the power of the sword to protect its citizens, to whether that's from external threats or internal threats. Uh, Peter mentions here that governments are meant to uh, punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. Now, governments are very far from perfect, right? How many votes did it take this week? And governments will do things that we as Christians in our conscience should lovingly rebel and say no to. And we see those examples in scripture too. If you remember the story of Daniel. uh, Daniel was told that you can only pray to King, I can't remember if it was Nebuchadnezzar or King Cyrus at the time, but you can only pray to the emperor and Daniel rebelled and Daniel prayed to God. And rightly so. He's, He's commended for that. We see in Peter, uh, sorry, in, in in Acts, Peter, the one who's writing this letter right here, is told by the uh, the Sanhedrin, the the Jewish leaders, stop preaching about Jesus. And I want to read what Peter says because it just makes me laugh every time. Uh, so they called for them uh, in order to uh, for them not to speak or teach it all in the name of Jesus. And Peter and John answered them, whether it is right in the sight of God for us to listen to you rather than to God, you decide. But we are unable to stop speaking about what we have seen and what we have heard. So Peter says, no. You don't have that authority over my life. That's not where you rule and that's not where you reign. Instead, I'm going to rebel against that command and I'm going to continue preaching the gospel verse 15 for it is God's will that you silence the ignorance of foolish people by doing good submit as free people not using your freedom as a cover up for evil but as God's slaves so what is God's will this is a question we ask a lot, right? We act sometimes like it's this thing we have to figure out and discern that we're not quite sure what God wants us to do or not want us to do and so we we uh you know uh we roll dice or we try to figure out, okay, well what is God's will for my life, whatever's the easiest or whatever I'm most excited about, or all those things. And those could be, but but really I think we misunderstand what God's will for our life is. And this text tells us God's will is that you silence the ignorance of foolish people by doing what's good. God's will is that you live a gospel-centered life in the midst of your life every day as we walk through. Because when we do good, even when we're submitting to authorities that we understand actually don't have authority over us. The only reason the government has authority is because God has instituted it. Without the Lord's hand on it, it has no authority over us. That God is the ultimate authority in our lives, and so we submit to the government not because it's good. We submit to the government because we trust God. And so... We silence the ignorance of foolish people by doing good, and we submit as free people. Not begrudgingly, oh, fine, I'll pay my taxes. We submit, we I've said before, and I think I'm not the only one, many people have said, Christians ought to be the best citizens in whatever nation that they live in. We ought to be those who work the hardest at keeping the nation clean. We ought to be those who work the hardest at revising our laws to make them reflect the nature of Scripture. We, we ought to be those who work the hardest at being the best possible citizens we can be. Again, not because we want our country to be great, but because we love the Lord and we trust that God has placed us here under our government for a purpose and a reason. We don't use our freedom as a cover-up for evil. I think that's an important phrase Peter throws at us. We are free as God's people. To a degree, right? He calls us God's slave in the next like half of the sentence. But we have this freedom that God has given us. And we're not to use that to cover up for me. Well, I don't have to obey you because I'm a child of God. I'm going to go do this. No, that's not what our freedom is about. Our freedom is meant to be a light to the world. In verse 17, to love everyone, to honor the brothers and sisters, to fear God, and to uh, to honor the emperor. Now, this is interesting what Peter's doing. He's stacking on these commands but each one carries with it a different weight so he says honor everyone that's like the base command love the brothers and the sisters so this is talking about your brothers and sisters in the local church so it's it's more than just honoring everybody there's a genuine concern and a care that happens within those in the church and then at the very peak we have fear god that's the only thing, the only person in the Bible that we're ever commanded to fear is to fear God. And I love what Peter says after this. So he doesn't say submit to the government because you should fear the emperor. What does he say? Honor the emperor, which puts the emperor back on the very base level of how we treat all of humanity. We don't obey out of fear. We don't obey because our branch of the government got elected and the other one didn't. We don't disobey because our branch didn't get elected and we want to fight to make it that way. We obey the government because God has, in, in, uh, those human authorities, the emperor, the governor, whatever it is for us, we obey because God has instituted that government for our good and for order. All of the Bible, have you ever thought about this? Is about taking chaos and making it into order we start with a world that has these turbulent waters that there's just straight chaos all over the place until the Holy Spirit hovers over the water and God begins to create and when God creates he takes this chaos and he creates order and so for us as believers then this means a few things If we are saved by Jesus Christ, if the gospel is good news for you and for me, and that's something that we believe in and that we are saved in that, then Christ died on the cross for you and I, which means our life is not our own. So we don't get to choose who we submit and who we don't submit to. We submit to who the Lord places before us so we can be a witness to those around us. Think about what it looks like to an unbeliever. Like just in let's just talk in IRA. Think about what it looks like to an unbeliever in IRA or someone who's vaguely close to Christianity that if our political group doesn't get elected, we panic. What does it look like? It looks like we worship our political group and not God. That's not the gospel. The gospel's Jesus in my place. The gospel is I need help. I need a God who's going to do the work for me because I can't do it myself. I can't save myself. There's too much sin in my heart. There's too much trespasses that i am taking. There's too much darkness within me. I can't save myself. I need God in the flesh to come and to save me. That's my only hope of ever being made with God again. It's not in our government. Yet in the same breath, It's not freedom for us to rebel from the government. It's freedom for us to obey. Not because the government's right all the time. They're not. And we live in a world and in a place where we can openly say, you're not right, and we should. There are things we should stand up for. We can celebrate the overturning of Roe versus Wade, but we can also bemoan and begrudge and hurt and feel pain that there's new laws being passed where abortion pills can be delivered in every state. We should speak up about that. We should fight those things and let them be known while at the same time still submitting to our government. The reality is, and I think it's always a danger, We are first and foremost citizens of the kingdom of God. And as citizens of the kingdom of God, we should be the best Americans that we possibly could be. So, hold to Jesus. There's no doubt in my mind that there's things that are going to come across in the next 5, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 years that will be antithetical to the gospel and that you and I will have to live through and we'll have to walk through that will come from our government. But praise God, God isn't just silent on these issues. We can look at this passage in 1 Peter and we can see that God has given us direction and that he's given us wisdom and how we can be obedient citizens. So pray. I still my favorite story we, I've been doing the member class now for three years and when uh, Charles Fraunenberger uh, the Frauneburgers and the Evans were doing the member class and I'll never forget uh, Charlie Fraunenberger if you remember Charlie was a, a big old tall man a real deep voice I wish I felt better so I could do the voice for you I've got it pretty good uh, we were down there, and we were talking through. We pray through everybody. We pray for the government officials and everything. And Charlie stopped me, and he goes, "You're telling me I have to pray for Nancy Pelosi?" <laughs> we said, "Yes, her salvation, absolutely." You may hate everything about that woman, but she is a soul that God has created and doomed for an eternity in hell unless she repents and turns to Jesus. You absolutely should pray for her. You should pray for our local governing authorities. Scurry County is not just the easiest place to govern, I would imagine. there's lots of hard things that impact us pray for our state authorities support where you can support stand up and make your voice known where you can stand up and make your voice known but do so with the intended goal so that people see the light of the gospel that they get to know Jesus what good is it if we're the best citizens in Scurry County yet we don't know Jesus Jesus what good is it if we're the best Texans in the world, right? The great nation of Texas, we're the best of the best, but we don't know Jesus. What good is it if we're some of the greatest Americans that have ever lived, yet we don't know Jesus? It's worthless. In a hundred years, maybe they'll put a statue of you up. Probably they won't, and you'll be forgotten. Praise God that God does not forget us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you that we do get to gather together and that we can come across a passage of Scripture that's really not difficult to understand. It's just difficult to live out when the rubber meets the road. And so I pray, God, that this week as we go about our various paths and we scatter and go our different ways and as school's back in the full fling of things and and, and work is back on track and the holidays are kind of over and we're, we're getting back into our normal routines of life, that you would give us opportunities and that you would help us to obey, that we would submit to what we're supposed to submit to. First and foremost, God, help us submit to you. And as a result of that, God help us to live gospel centered lives even in how we deal with our government. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together and- Sing number three 300- hundred.